Hey guys, this is Mike, and you're listening to Feeling Twisty. I'm really glad you're here. One of the really cool things about doing this podcast uh, is I, I get to talk to people uh, back and forth, not, not talking about on the episode, but I get to converse with folks from around the world, uh, with sharing their stories with me and asking questions uh, about uh, what Neville calls the law and the promise. And most of my calls, the majority of the conversations that I have with folks uh, are about the promise. This, uh, what Neville calls the promise, we're in this awakening within you. When you know, you know that you know. It's not a theory. You've experienced this oneness and you've experienced the reality of who you really are. That you can truly say, the Father and I are one. I am one with my Father. This awareness of being is who I really am. God, this I am, whatever name you want to call it. And that's such a beautiful thing. I thoroughly enjoy talking about that. Initially, when I first started uh, really diving into Neville, I've mentioned this before, I was really more interested in, uh, you know, using the imagination, my own wonderful human imagination, like Neville calls it, uh, as a toolbox, you know, pull out my imaginal screwdriver and get my uh, lullaby method wrench out and fix some problems. without really focusing on or really caring about this whole thing called the promise. And I kind of shied away from uh, some of his lectures because of that, when I noticed that that's what they were, he was talking about mostly. And this was just in the very beginning for me because I just wanted to fix things. I wanted quick fixes, you know, well, the healing, that was pretty cool. But even after that, when I saw what was possible, I doubted myself and I doubted that I knew uh, enough to get what I wanted. But I wanted things. I wanted to go out there and just fix my life, never really moving from this current or that present state of consciousness. I was still in a state of lack and fear, but trying to put band-aids on things. And it worked here and there but not, not substantially and not for long periods of time because I never changed my state of consciousness. But then the promise. Ah. I just love sharing about that when folks want to hear about it. I do get some calls, though, uh, some, and some emails and Facebook Messenger conversations about other things, these fix-it type things, which is cool because it's the law. It's a principle that we have here as uh, part of this human experience, this law that Neville calls it. Our imagination, what we imagine, what we assume to be true, what we are conscious of being is what we experience. So I I enjoy talking about that too. And I got a message uh, today from a nice gentleman who I just met wanting to know, uh, he well, financial freedom is his primary goal right now. And specifically, he wants to win the lottery. 
And I asked him, why the lottery? Why does it have to be the lottery? And he said, well, that's really, I don't have any other option. It has to be that. I don't see how, I don't see how I can get money any other way. And so I wanted, instead of giving a longer uh, message on uh, Facebook Messenger, I wanted to talk to him through this episode because this, I think, will help everybody or will help you if you're wondering the same thing. Now, this is strictly my point of view coming from what works for me. And I've said it many times, that, and Neville says it in his lectures, you find what works for you and you do that. Neville never said that his techniques that he taught were the only things that worked. That would be silly. And Neville wouldn't be Neville. He wouldn't be this wonderful being, this wonderful presence, this wonderful aspect of you and me if he had done that, said it had to be this way and no other way. But his way is great. Imagining a scene that implies your wish fulfilled and these different things. And he even talked about new techniques that people mentioned to him and then he tried them out. This is what uh, works for me. Thinking about a lottery win, and I've done that. I've There were times uh, in the past where I thought, well, it's got to be a lottery win. That would be the quick fix. That would fix everything in one fell swoop. Done. But if I am still dwelling in a state of lack, winning the lottery is just going to be that. A lottery win, and I'll be broke again sometime in the near future. If I haven't changed my state of consciousness, if I'm still dwelling in this state of lack. And I would say, and this is something that I discuss with myself, you know, if I'm truly dwelling in a state of wealth or wealth creator, I, I said financial freedom. If I was truly financially free, if I'm dwelling in that state, and I'm, that's what I'm thinking and feeling throughout the day. And when I notice I'm not, I'm getting back into that. So if I'm dwelling, if I'm, that's my dwelling place, truly my dwelling place, then would I need, would I feel the need to buy a lottery ticket? Would that be my only option still? Would I be looking at it, needing a quick fix? And my answer to myself was no. If I'm truly thriving, financially thriving, I've really got it going on, and I'm dwelling in that, in that state, that is my state, would I even consider buying a lottery ticket? And for me, no. Because I just haven't, now there may come a day where I feel inspired to buy a lottery ticket, you know? Maybe I'll have a dream and there will be some numbers and then I'll see the numbers show up on my radio dial or the time. The time on the, the oven clock will say 555 and it'll be like, yes, that's it. Or maybe it'll say 666 and then I'll be like, oh shit, what did I do now? <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't look for signs. I used to look for signs. But anything that happens to us on the outside is just uh, because we're conscious of that already. There are no signs telling us that we're on the right track. You may see confirmation. You will see confirmation of your state. But by already dwelling in that state, there is no need to look for signs. So anyway, 
I made a joke out of it, but if I, you know, there may be a point where I feel a nudge to buy a lottery ticket for some reason, but dwelling in the state of financial freedom, knowing who I am, I, I do not have a desire or feel any pressure, any need to buy a lottery ticket. I know some people, uh, I heard them talking in the little convenience store the other day that because of all this lockdown, they were, they were buying lottery tickets like crazy, thinking, I've got to win a bunch of money to get through this. This is my only way to survive this. And I just imagined lovingly for them and let them buy their lottery tickets. And I wouldn't judge anybody. Like I said, if I have a nudge to buy one or if somebody wants to gift me a lottery ticket and it wins, that's cool. But I, have no, I feel no need because I know that wealth comes from me. I don't need to look to the Louisiana Lottery Corporation or Mega Millions or the Powerball as my source. So for me, thinking that I need a lottery ticket, I need a win, a lottery win to fix things, that is a secondary cause. I'm putting my power, I'm taking the power that is me, and I'm separating myself from it even though you can't. But we do it. That's the illusion we create. We have this illusion that we have no power, or that we have to rely on things like the lottery ticket or the government for our pandemic check. Give me my pandemic payment. Anytime I notice that I start to think about sources, well, I need, I need and start to anticipate things like, well, that check needs to come in or this needs to happen, I stop. I'm not perfect. I don't catch it every time. But when I do notice where my thoughts are going, I stop right there and remind myself that's a secondary cause. Anytime I'm looking outward, thinking that has to be the solution, I have castrated myself. I've given my power away. I give, I've created the illusion of not having any power because you cannot give it away. You do have everything you need within you because everything is within you. Nothing is separate from consciousness. Nothing is separate from consciousness that uh, you can possibly experience while on this planet, in this human form. Nothing. So I would say to my buddy that asked me about the, how to win the lottery, you could certainly be specific about it. Neville talks about, uh, he gives a couple of stories of people that went to Caliente Racetrack in California, and he actually was very specific about the races and how to bet, and he won the money that he wanted to win. So he's very specific with it. There's nothing, there can be no judgment. I'm not going to judge anybody and say, no, you shouldn't imagine a lottery win or you shouldn't go to the racetrack. I have no desire to do that. Uh, I wouldn't even know how to bet. But you could certainly be specific. So I would never tell someone not to do something. I would suggest though, what's the most natural feeling what can, what's this natural state or state that you can inhabit that feels natural to you? 
for me, the, the whole idea of lottery win just seems uh, pointless knowing that I can move and dwell into a state in a state of financial freedom, of wealth. I can bring up that feeling. How would I feel if I knew I have plenty of money now and I have plenty of money coming in, that there's always a good, healthy flow of money? How would I feel if I were wealthy? Now, someone's idea, they, what they may love to do as a wealthy person is to have fun with playing the lottery and going to the racetrack. That has not, that is, uh, not interest me whatsoever. But knowing that I create wealth in my life, of course, creation is finished. We only become aware of different portions of it. But that's what I'm talking about. That I bring up wealth in my life without the need to rely on anyone else because there is no one else. So if I can move into that state and make that my dwelling place, this wealth state or this wealthy state, this financially free state, then for me personally, there would be no need or no pressure whatsoever to uh, hoard money, to hold on tight with the little bit of money I had in the account right now, or to try to win a lottery ticket or win at the lottery. And they just have no desire because that would be coming from a state of lack for me. Now, dwelling in my state of lack, sure, I fantasized about winning the lottery. Oh, if I could just get this. Oh, I would do this and this and this. And oh, of course, this is years ago. I, I would tell myself, well, of course, I need to give 10% to the church. So yeah, I would tithe. What is that? That's 40 million. I got to tithe. Oh, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot I got to give to the church, but oh well. Praise Jesus. If I win, Jesus, if you let me win, I'm going to give 10% and maybe 12% to the church. But the rest of it, I'm going to buy a car and buy a new house, pay my bills. Uh, I may give some money to my parents. I may give some money to my cousins. You know, you've, I'm sure you've done that, had that little fantasy game. Like if I had a billion dollars, somebody plopped that lottery win in my lap, what would I do with it? But that was, for me, it was coming from a state of lack because I felt this need. I have to have the money to fix everything. What if you won the lottery? So you win $150 million. What's a, what's a big lottery win? What's one of the bigger ones? $800 million? Let's say Let's just say a billion. Let's say the mega millions was up to a billion dollars. And you want it. You didn't have to share it. You got the whole billion dollars. And then, great, you get the check and start, you know, separate it, put it in different accounts, start investing it. And then the economy crashes. And dollar, the U.S. dollar or wherever you live, your country's currency is no longer worth a toilet paper. In fact, toilet paper is worth more than the money, the numbers in your account. How do you feel now? Where are you? If you think that it's the money, that it's the dollars, the, the numbers in your account, or the jackpot that gives you power, that gives you freedom, when you lose that, or when, if, if it comes to where that, those numbers are meaningless, worthless as far as currency goes, where are you now? Because what you've put your hope in these dollars 
can no longer save you. So that's why I suggest, and a number of really good teachers do the same thing, don't focus on that big lottery win as the thing that's going to fix everything. It'd be cool if it is, if it does add to your wealth. But it's the state you're in that matters. So if you're dwelling in this state of wealth, of abundance, whatever word that brings up that feeling, I like thriving, I've talked about that. My thriving state, Mike thrives. I thrive financially, and physically, emotionally, in my relationships. I can lay that feeling over anything. I remind myself that I'm thriving. And from the, your state, your dwelling place, come your thoughts and feelings and emotions, your beliefs, your manifestations. So dwelling in, uh, dwelling in this state of wealth or wealth creator, you have ideas that come to you, maybe business ideas, whatever your passion is. I have no passion for, you know, uh, internet marketing or starting a, a brick and mortar store, anything like that. But maybe you do. Maybe you love investing or trading. So dwelling in this a wealth state or a wealthy state, seeing the world through those eyes, reacting from that wealthy state, come all these new ideas for business opportunities or investments, whatever it is you like doing. All these new ideas that it seems like, wow, I never was this successful before because you were dwelling in a different state. It all comes down to your state of mind, your state of being. Who and what you're conscious of being is what you're going to experience. And I would tell my friend that asked me that question and anyone listening that once you, let's say you imagine a scene that implies your wish is fulfilled. Imagine a scene that you are wealthy, that you've been wealthy, that money is not a problem. Whatever it is that works for you, I'm not gonna tell you the scene to imagine because I promise you my scene, when I imagine a scene, you might think if I were to describe it, every one to you, you'd be like, this guy's a lunatic. <laughs> what? How does that imply what he's saying? Because it's not in the scene, it's in you. It's what that scene implies that's bringing up the feeling of that reality. It's all about bringing up the feeling of your wish fulfilled. So whether you imagine a scene or just ask yourself, how would I feel if today, uh, I don't even know the day's date, it's April, maybe the 4th, maybe the 5th, could be the 6th, I'm not sure. It's one of these days. I have to check. That's embarrassing, right? Shouldn't I know the date? <laughs> it's the first week of April, and everybody's still at home right now. So if you're listening to this, you know, at some other point in time, even though time is an illusion, but that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> Whenever you're listening to this, uh, everybody's home right now, and I'm in, I'm enjoying the time with my family. But let's say today. This day in April 2020, or whenever it is you're listening to this, if right at this moment you have been wealthy, you have been financially free for some time, 
How would you feel, be feeling right now? What would you be doing right this moment? If you no longer had the fear and the doubt and the worry about money, how would you be feeling at this moment? Not next year, right now. If you've already been that person you want to be, that wealthy person, that successful business person, whatever your desire is, what would the feeling be like right now at this time of day, on this day, at this very moment, if you were already that and have been for some time? Let that feeling come up. The difference in thinking of it as something that's already happened I love that feeling because it's a calmer feeling and I can bring up that feeling and know, oh, well, I know how that feels. I can imagine that compared to imagining uh, hearing the numbers or checking my lottery numbers at the store to see if I won and trying to imagine this whole scene of winning the lottery. Or I just... I like to go beyond it. And Neville says that. Imagine a scene that implies your wish has already been fulfilled, whether it's somebody congratulating you or celebrating with you, but it's already happened. You're beyond that moment. And one reason I believe Neville suggests that over and over to imagine a scene or bring up that feeling of already having done this, accomplished it, because by doing that, by just going beyond that point where the change happens, that moment of birth of your wish fulfilled, you're getting away from any messing around with the details of how it's going to come about. Because if you're imagining specifically a lottery win, then you're, you're saying it has to be a lottery win for me to be successful. Again, if you want to play and, and win the lottery, Great. Let that be it. That's it. But if you're thinking it has to be a lottery win for me to be financially free, then you're messing with the middle ground. You're messing with the hows. The Bible in Isaiah 46.10, it says, I am, my I am, I the Lord, which is my I am. I declare my end from the beginning. It, that, that verse doesn't say, I decide what, you know, I declare my end and then I get bogged down with how it's going to happen. Even though it's, I am the Lord and I am, can do anything, I'm going to fret and worry about how it's going to happen. No, you pick the end. What do you want? Okay, how would I feel if I've already accomplished that? Maybe it's getting, being invited to speak at the local Rotary Club to talk about your business opportunity, your success. I'm just, I don't know where that came from. Maybe it's a Kiwanis Club meeting that you were invited to. Maybe it's even a church that wants to have you there to, to speak on your experiences. Something like that. It doesn't have to be those things. I'm just giving you ideas of how things that might be happening for you after your wish is already fulfilled. Maybe it's just relaxing on a beach somewhere, enjoying a fruity beverage, not giving any thought to checking your bank account. 
Maybe you're, at, you're on the beach somewhere far, far away. And you're FaceTiming your kids back at home. <laughs> doesn't matter what scene you imagine. It's what it implies. So once you've brought that feeling up and you've moved into this new state of consciousness, how do you stay there? Well, frequency. And the power of awareness, Neville so perfectly explains it. Frequency and naturalness of the state are key. And it's not quantity. I talked to somebody on Facebook a while back that suggested, you know, if you want a new car, get into the state akin to sleep, that, that quiet stillness, and then imagine you're in your car driving this, per this car you want and try to sustain it. He was happy because he sustained it for 15 minutes, drove his new car in his imagination for 15 minutes. And he said, well, that's it. I've done it. I'm going to have my car. And I, uh, I hope I explained it well to him that it's not the quantity of time that you spend in it. It's how often you return to that state to the point to where it feels natural, where that feeling is a normal and natural to you now. Initially, when I first, you know, I had talk about uh, financial freedom or just overall sense of thriving. Let's do that for me. Initially, I, you know, here's what I want. I want to thrive. And then I knew what that meant. I've already, I'd written it down. What do I mean by that? So I got my, I knew exactly what I meant by thriving. When I imagine I'm thriving, what does that mean to me, to Mike? So you build your own state. Write that stuff down. It's okay. Construct your state. What do I want to be? And what does that state mean to me? Not the details of how to get to it. If you're coming, if you're in currently in a state of not having it, your ideas of how to get to that are not going to be very fruitful because you're coming from this other old state, the one you're dropping, you're letting go. But construct that state. Who do you want to be? What do I want to be? What do I want to experience? Okay. And you've moved into that state. I'm not going to go back over that again. But now you've, you've felt it. you felt the reality of being that. Now, throughout the day, you may notice you're starting to have doubts and worrying. Oh, that damned inner talk, right? Damn you, internal conversations. Well, that's all part of your imagination, all part of consciousness. So you can't just imagine the scene or bring up that feeling once and then go back to your old way of living, your old life, the old way of seeing the world and reacting. You might have momentarily put the old state to, to bed, but you, you gave it a quick shake and say, hey, wake up, buddy. I'm getting back inside you. <laughs> going back to the old state. Don't do that. Notice what you're thinking and feeling throughout the day. And I don't know anyone that's gotten to the point to where they never have to monitor what they're thinking and feeling. No one. I bet Neville didn't. Neville did. He even says so in his, some of his lectures. Uh, inner talk in his 19, when was this? 1965 lecture, Inner Talking. 
he talks about that, how even he, he'd been teaching this for, since 1938. So nearly 40 years, no wait, 40, 30 years, uh, nearly 30 years at this point when he gave this lecture. And he still daily has to monitor his inner talking. So if Neville has to keep a sharp eye out to what he's thinking and feeling and how he's reacting, I certainly do, and you should too. <laughs> and I'm going to give a quote from that lecture. When you notice your, your, think, your, your thinks, <laughs> the thoughts you be thinking, and the acts you be reacting throughout the day are not in line, are not part of your preferred state, don't beat yourself up about it. Now, here's the quote. The minute you become aware that you're carrying on these negative conversations, stop it and come back without any conversation with self, no condemnation of self, no justification of what you did. Don't do it. And come back to the new man. Put off the old man which he said is corrupt. And the old man is tied to conversations, to the old conversations. Put off the former conversations. The old man, which is corrupt, put on the new man, which is created in righteousness. Well, if the old man is tied to my former conversations, the new man must be tied to my future conversations. Well, start it right now. This whole thing is all within us. So that last line where he says, if the old man is tied to my former conversations, that's your old way of thinking and feeling. This inner talk that you, that you have going on, this worry and fear and lashing out at people, this jealousy of people that are wealthier than you, that seem to have more success than you. It's everything that goes on within you. Everything. Well, that's the old man, these former conversations. The new man must be tied to my future conversations. So by future conversations, he's talking about what you're imagining. Maybe it's a friend congratulating you or your family being excited or celebrating with you about the success, the fulfillment of your wish. But he's saying these future conversations that you're imagining, you're making them, you're moving them from the future to right now. You're making then, now, and there, here. Make it right now. And so your ongoing, your continual inner talking, the things you think and the way you react will tell you what state you're in. So if you notice that you're in the, dwelling on something negative or something that's clearly not the new state, stop right there like Neville says. Get back to the new conversation. Sometimes I'll just remind myself, I got this. And sometimes I'll talk to, for fun, because it's just me, I'll call me up myself out like it's my, my mom. Michael Wayne, <laughs> stop that. I like to have fun with it, because why, why can't we have fun? Of course, I want my human experience to be fun. So I have fun with it. The things I say to myself to remind me of who I am uh, may sound silly to you. They sound silly to me. And I, I laugh at myself sometimes, but I love laughing at myself. When I can laugh at myself, that takes all the, the breath out of whatever crappy thing I'd given life to.
And the more you do this, you continually move in imagination. As every desire comes up, not just what you think are the big ones, like I have to be financially free. That is no more difficult, it really isn't, than imagining a beautiful sunset or a cup of coffee or imagining finding a wonderful podcast. (gasps) Look, you did it. (laughs) Congratulations. See? See how easy that was? It's all within you. So continue getting back into that state. Watch and listen to those voices in your head. That internal conversation constantly going on. You're never not talking within yourself. Neville says when you're dreaming, you have this inner talk going on. You're talking to yourself. And when you wake up in the morning, before you talk to anybody else, your conversations are already starting within you. So I would suggest before you even get out of bed, go to the end of that day. Make then, now. I do it, and this wasn't my idea. This was the wonderful man, Greg Markovich, who I got to meet online through one of the Facebook groups, through 2020's uh, Neville Goddard group. And it became known as Greg's Good Day Method. But what he is doing is living in the end. It's the same, it's a different way of explaining the exact same thing. But he said, you know, Pick a day or pick in the morning. Pick it, Say that it's that evening. Imagine the day is over and you're lying back down in bed after a wonderful day. Imagine that feeling. Bring up that feeling and assume it's done. I love doing that. Before I get out of bed, my eyes still closed. I'm already going back to bed in my imagination. Enjoying the day. And other times, I know I have specific things to do. And so I'll just think about it and just know that, I, that each one of those things was sometimes easier than I expected or even better than I knew it was going to be. You decide what to, what, what to imagine um, for your day. But before you get out of bed, start right there before you, your worry and fear kick in. Remind yourself of who you really are. Because the more you do this, this inner dialogue changes. And it's not just, not just getting things anymore. And then you notice all the wins you're having, all these wonderful things that are coming up in your life because of your consciousness, because of who and what you are being. And you realize that now, and it starts to take hold, and it becomes habitual. And then you realize it's not even just a habit. It's who I am. This is a habit I can't break down. It's me. I know that the Father and I are one. That who I really am, this awareness of being, is infinitely bigger than anything. Infinitely bigger than my identity. It's not Mike. It's not the pandemic. It's not my finances. Everything that you're experiencing, everything that you identify yourself with is not your true self. You cannot see your true self. You 
your capital S self, your true self, observes this and is aware of being Mike or being Sally or Tim. But that's not your true self. And so you can look in the mirror and see your beautiful face and your sparkling teeth, but that's not you. Everything you're experiencing is only a reflection of your consciousness. It's how the true self knows itself. Everything you're experiencing is only a reflection of consciousness. Everything. You're not your body. You're not the state you're in. You're not the geographical state you're in. <laughs> you're not... Um, this virus, this pandemic, the, the president, the weight you think you need to lose or the weight you think you need to gain, none of these things are you. You are not overweight. You're not underweight. You're not scrawny. You're not a giant. You're not, you know, big-footed. <laughs> you know, um, whatever these things are that you've identified yourself with and thought, you know, you've held on to, and you thought gave you your you-ness, you know? This is who we are, my family. We're this. We have, a, we have a reputation to uphold. All that disappears and it just vanishes. It's nothing. If you were to go back to, to your true self and drop every state all of this, because even your body is a state of consciousness. So as long as you're still listening to me with your human ears and seeing what's around you with your human eyes, you're still experiencing this through this filter from the state of consciousness. You're not your true self, but you can access it and you can get to that point. The more you move in imagination, like Neville says, the more you practice the law, this promise, what Neville calls the promise, you might call it just this awakening to the oneness, the true oneness, whatever you want to call it. I like just referring to it as the promise, especially if you, if you study Neville like I do, you know what I'm talking about. That comes up and it's, it's, just, it's just wonderful. And you get to that point of knowing who you really are. Then you realize that, of course, you can have or experience anything you want to experience. Money is not a problem. Abundance of anything is not a problem. Because you know, and I'm not talking about you've heard Neville say it or heard me say it or you just read it somewhere. No, you know now. And then this whole need to watch videos on YouTube or listen to lectures or listen to Feeling Twisty. All of that, you know, that you may still want to listen for fun or to share. But you start to notice how this need where you used to think you lacked information, you lacked the tools needed. You feel this freedom now, knowing that I have nowhere to turn. I don't need to watch another YouTube video or subscribe to an, someone else or 
pay for anything else unless I want to. But I know now the true source is me. And on this level, like Neville says in the world of Caesar, of course I can experience anything I want because I know who I am now. I give life to everything. I see the universe is dead and I'm giving life to it. I animate it. Hmm. That's a whole nother conversation. I was going to talk today about that, how, you know, we talk, we get to this point of realizing I'm not my body. I am only experiencing what I'm conscious of being. There's this awareness of being behind all of it. But, you know, if you can name something, I can name consciousness. And the, the best I can tell, the, what the dictionary says, you know, there's awareness. And then consciousness, con being conscious is how you process awareness. So if I can give labels to things, to consciousness, and label awareness, aren't I limiting it? I'm putting a label on it. If I can name it and describe it to you through this human experience, I'm still not giving or even understanding the full uh, reality of what that is. Because by putting a label on it, I'm judging it. I am saying it is this. And even if I say uh, this awareness of being is infinite, I, for me, I'm still putting a name on it and I'm setting up some type of limit to it. I'm giving it scope and size. And that's exciting for me that even though I can take this, this whole notion of I'm not this body, I'm not Mike, I am this individualization of this awareness. But from this state of consciousness, if I name it that, I'm still creating this limit to it. So that's exciting to me to know there's even more to explore and expand and become uh, aware of or to learn. I don't, I think this, at least for as long as you're here on this earth in these forms, there's always going to be expansion. There's no limit, like Neville says, no limit to expansion. There's a verse, uh, it's the Luke 17, 21 in the New Testament. I never came across this version of it, uh, this translation of it. It's the one where Jesus, they're asking Jesus, you know, where's the, uh, where's the kingdom of heaven? How do we find it? And he says, you know, people will say, it's over here, or look, there it is. And, and he's saying, ignore them, because the kingdom of God is within you. I love that verse. But this other translation uh, says it like this, where Jesus says, uh, you know, don't look over there, here or there, because the kingdom of heaven is expanding in some of you right now. I love that, the way that was written. The kingdom of heaven, your all-powerful human imagination, this awareness of being, whatever you want to call it, God, is expanding within you right now. Isn't that beautiful? 
Send me your emails. I'm going to hear your stories, your successes, and your questions too. And it, share with me any of your experiences. My email address is feelingtwisty at gmail.com. I love you guys. This is Feeling Twisty.